He's been known to play with fire, but not live hand grenades. Oh, give him time. Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ and Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe for you every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing planet Earth five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me. From bradblog.com, thank you very much for joining us today. We have another busy news day for a change today, (laughs) so let's just jump right in and... Well, let's see how much of this we can get to today, including Desi Doyen's uh, GNR. That would be the Green News Report coming up a little bit later. Yes, fresh, hot, out of the oven. Uh, as uh, Yes, with Republican extru- obstructionism, by the way, finally overcome for reals this time in the, uh, in the U.S. House. Unless Donald Trump decides to take back his word, which still could happen, Des. Uh, Anyway, on this $19 billion disaster relief package for victims of floods, wildfires, hurricanes, and more over the past two years or so in about half a dozen states and Puerto Rico, the administration's uh, new scam also to avoid dealing with our climate crisis is included in today's Green News Report, as well as, yes, freedom gas. (laughs) But uh, anyway, also after being uh, pushed hard by the progressive left today, Joe Biden has actually come out with what appears to be, and Desi will correct me if I'm wrong, but a fairly aggressive climate policy. Yeah, I would agree with that. It is fairly aggressive. This follows pushback on a statement uh, by one of his spokespeople who said that Biden would seek some sort of magical, mythical middle ground uh, on climate change that would somehow magically attract Republicans to it or something. Uh, So there's some good news we'll get to in a bit. But first, some Democrats in Virginia uh, are attempting anyway to do something about 
gun violence following last Friday's massacre there. Virginia's Governor Ralph Northam announced on Tuesday morning that he will summon lawmakers back to the state capitol for an emergency session to consider a package of gun safety legislation measures, saying last Friday's mass shooting in Virginia Beach calls for, quote, votes and laws, not thoughts and prayers, unquote. Well said, Governor. Northam, uh, a Democrat, confronted with a gerrymandered Republican-controlled General Assembly in the middle of an election year. Virginia holds off-year elections, so they have one coming up this November. He also said that he wants every legislator to go on record for or against his proposals during the special session this summer in advance of those November elections, rather than avoid tough votes by quietly killing the bills in subcommittee, which is what uh, has been the tradition of Republicans in the Virginia legislature for years now. The governor said the nation will be watching. Four days after a Virginia Beach City employee used two semi-automatic handguns, a silencer, and extended ammunition magazines to slaughter 12 people at a municipal building before he eventually uh, was then killed in a gun battle with police that reportedly was carried out over about 30 minutes. That's a lot of bullets that this guy was able to bring with him in those extended high-capacity magazines. Northam's bill, according to AP, uh, includes a ban on silencers and high-capacity magazines, as well as broadening of the ability of local governments to limit guns in city buildings. As Washington Post uh, reported yesterday in a story about all of the many gun safety measures over the years that have been quietly killed in the Virginia legislature subcommittees, despite some of the grisliest gun massacres in the nation happening in Virginia, where they have among the loosest gun restrictions, um, was a, one of the measures that was killed was a bill uh, that died in the Virginia House in January that would have allowed localities such as Virginia Beach to ban firearms from government buildings, such as the one where the attack on Friday occurred. Virginia Beach Council... Uh, Councilmember Guy King Tower said after the shooting that it was regrettable that the city needed state approval to take such actions, according to the Post. So these are the Republicans who pretend to believe in small local government, the people on the ground they know best, at least until that small local government does something that they don't like. And then they try to keep their constituents and city workers, you know, from being kept safe by banning their ability to ban guns in these uh, city buildings. So much for local control. They just outlaw it at the state level. We see that with uh, with fracking, for example, as well. And plastic bag bans with all not all manner of things that if a, an industry doesn't like it, then the Republicans make sure that industry gets what that industry wants. No matter how big government needs to come in to make it happen <laughs> exactly. over the lower uh, local government. Uh, Republicans also killed a bill in January that would have limited the type of extended magazines that were used by the killer in Virginia on Friday. Uh, that would have limited uh, magazines to only 10 rounds per magazine. But that, too, was killed 
last January, quietly in subcommittee by the Republicans. The governor said he also wants mandatory universal background checks before gun purchases. Another outrageous overreach, of course, from uh, gun grabber Governor Northam calling for a measure that even 80 percent, over 80 percent of NRA members actually support, if not uh, the uh, NRA's despicable leadership of that terrorist enabling organization. Uh, Northam is also calling for a limit of one handgun purchase per month, which had been the law at one time in Virginia until its then Republican governor overturned that back in 2012, just a few years after the 2007 Virginia Tech massacre in which 32 were killed at the school, making it at the time the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. Sadly, that number has since been eclipsed. But yes, uh, he would like to go back to only one handgun per month. How will people in Virginia survive? Also, he's pushing a red flag law that would allow authorities to seize the weapons of those determined by a court judge to be a threat to themselves or others. Northam said, I will be asking for votes and laws not thoughts and prayers. In a statement in response, uh, GOP Speaker Kirk Cox uh, in the Virginia House dismissed the governor's call for a special session as, quote, hasty. Yes, he's he's being too fast about all of this. It's Take too soon to talk about these things. I yeah, guess. when was that Virginia Tech massacre? That was 2007. So we are 12 years after what was at the time the worst killing in uh, in U.S. history, but we would be hasty if we called everyone back in session so the voters could see how we voted just before the voters get to vote this November. Over the weekend, Virginia's Republican Senate Majority Leader, Thomas Norment, uh, said it was too soon, too soon after after the after the Virginia Beach killings to talk politics. Quote, he said, quote, it's it is offensive disrespectful and tasteless that anyone would use a tragedy like this to promote a political agenda less than 24 hours after families and an entire community have suffered a loss of this magnitude. Sound familiar? The uh, poor snowflake, of course, was offended by uh, trying to do something to keep Americans from being needlessly killed. That's what he was so offended by. He, I guess, would prefer to wait until everybody forgets about the tragedy to also then do absolutely nothing to prevent future ones. Speaker Cox said that the Republicans will instead put forward legislation to toughen penalties, including new mandatory minimum sentences for those who use guns to commit crimes. Well, that would have been very helpful last Friday. Uh, with that shooter who was willing to die in a gun battle with police, if only he knew that there would be a mandatory minimum sentence, you know, he might not have been willing to die, as so many of these mass murderers are. Does that make any sense to you whatsoever, Des? No, not, it doesn't me? seem like it's any kind of deterrence whatsoever. Oh, you mean that if I don't die and you do catch me and then you do put me into jail, then yeah. I will get a mandatory minimum sentence? These people well. who are committing, you know, essentially suicide by cop uh, probably do not care. 
if there's a minimum mandatory sentence because they're ready to die. Cox said, we believe we believe addressing gun violence starts with holding criminals accountable for their actions. Oh, OK. And how does uh, how does that apply? How does he propose to hold the dead shooter from last Friday accountable? Another top Republican, Senate Majority Leader Tommy Norman, indicated uh, some willingness to debate a ban on large-capacity magazines, according to the Virginia Gazette, but told uh, gun safety advocates outside his office that, quote, nothing would have helped us in Virginia Beach. Nothing. There is absolutely nothing that could have been done. So why should we even try to do anything other than make it easier to buy more guns and more extended magazines as Virginia, which, by the way, is home to the National Rifle Association headquarters, as Virginia has been doing for years. All 140 legislative seats are up for grabs in the House of Delegates in uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia this November, and the Democrats are thought to have a realistic chance of taking back control of the General Assembly. Now that some of the gerrymandering in that state has been undone by court order, Northam got a standing ovation from uh, gun safety advocates and state workers and elected officials. As he said, the massacre in Virginia Beach demands that lawmakers put saving lives ahead of party loyalty. He added, show Virginians that it doesn't matter what party you are in. We all are Virginians first, and we care about the safety and security of every Virginian. Meanwhile, next door in Washington, D.C., I love the way this uh, story from Matt Schumann over at uh, TPM begins. The Republican establishment is revolting. <laughs> Actually, the full sentence is the Republican establishment is revolting against President Donald Trump's threats to impose tariffs on Mexico in retaliation for immigrants crossing the southern border. Here's Republican uh, Louisiana Senator John Kennedy offering his thoughts on this uh, on this uh, these new newly newly to be imposed tariffs on Mexico. Here's Senator Kennedy offering his thoughts on Sunday's Face of the Nation. I think it was a mistake. Um, now, having said all of that, I don't think the president's going to impose these tariffs. I wouldn't call him risk-averse. <laughs> He's been known to play with fire, but not live hand grenades. And if, if, uh, if he slaps a 25% tariff on Mexico, it's going to tank the American economy. And I think the president knows that, and I don't think he'll do it. Well, thank you very much, Senator Kennedy. Uh, Trump, who said he would exercise his authority under the International Emergency Economic Powers Act to implement the tariffs. Yes, another phony emergency declaration. Uh, Trump has threatened a tariff on Mexican imports beginning at 5 percent on June 10. That's just one week away. Uh, and increasing uh, that tariff by 5% monthly up to 25%, quote, until such time as illegal migrants coming through Mexico and coming into our country stop, he tweeted on Thursday. Well, if there's anything desperate people crossing a continent to escape desperation, poverty, violence, hate, uh, if there's anything that uh, well they, they don't like, it's taxing the citizens of their new host country up to 25% on all goods that cross the same border. So this should work. Another good deterrent. The president 
however, soon confused his message, tweeting about drugs coming across the border. Oh, so it's not the people, it's the drugs, and uh, falsely saying that the U.S. has a, quote, $100 billion trade deficit with Mexico. We don't. The bluster recalled a, a similar stance from Trump just two months ago when the president threatened to completely shut down the U.S.-Mexican border. Remember that? Then, of course, he did not do so. Uh, anyway, Republicans are coming out against this thing like crazy. Uh, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa said this is not the right path forward. Her fellow Iowan, Chuck, uh, Chuck Grassley, Senator, called it a, quote, misuse of presidential tariff authority. Uh, he urged the president to consider other options. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania said a blanket tax increase on everything Americans purchased from Mexico was the wrong remedy and that Congress should reassert its constitutional responsibility on tariffs. I would settle for them reasserting their constitutional responsibility on anything at this point. A spokesperson for Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who is the uh, Senate uh, whip, said that uh, he uh, also, uh, quote, opposes this across-the-board tariff, which will disproportionately hurt Texas. Uh, Ohio's Rob Portman said, uh, like many others, uh, he noted the damage the tariffs could do to Trump's still unratified update to NAFTA, which Trump calls the United States-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, or USMCA, which he had to rename it because calling it an update to NAFTA, well, even though that's what it is. That's unacceptable. That's un That would just be someone else's trade deal, not his, not the USMCA, which is totally different. It's not. The uh, White House did not bother to give federal agencies or business groups a head up about the tariff threat, NBC News reported, uh, nor were congressional committees notified about this at all. One administration source described the situation to NBC as, quote, flying blind. The announcement of the tariffs came hours before Trump's own U.S. trade rep, Robert Lighthouser, who reportedly opposes the tariffs himself, just before he sent a letter to Congress in yet another now even more unlikely bid to actually pass Trump's proposed USMCA. Republicans uh, made it clear in meeting with the White House today that they have uh, no intention of supporting these tariffs and that the USMCA is probably in trouble as well if Trump moves forward with them. On Sunday, Trump's acting Homeland Security Secretary, Kevin McAllenin, uh, could not explain how applying tariffs would have anything to do with stemming the flow of migrants and asylum seekers rather than increasing numbers as Mexico feels the economic impact. So as you hurt Mexico's economy, more people in Mexico will want to come across the border. Super stable genius, Mr. President. Uh, and on Monday, Trump's White House economic advisor, Kevin Hassett, uh, had to go on uh, CNBC to assure that the tariffs that Trump is suddenly announcing, are not the basis for his resignation, which was announced on Sunday. Without saying so himself, Hassett indicated he didn't think Trump would uh, actually follow through on these tariffs. 
but if Mexican uh, imported Mexican goods were ultimately hit, uh, Hassan said on uh, on CNN on Monday, Americans, he admitted, would feel it. He said if we got to 25 percent tariffs, there would be costs to that for sure. Yes, the cost of a 25 percent tax added to the price of everything imported from Mexico. That is a lot of stuff from automobiles to fresh fruits and vegetables in every grocery store in the country, just to name a few corporate groups that have previously cheered Trump's tax cuts and his deregulation. They also oppose the move. Everyone opposes this move. Everyone except Donald Trump. The uh, Chamber of Commerce, which is the largest right-wing lobbying group, the largest contributor in the nation to campaigns, they are considering legal action against this. The right-wing Heritage Foundation felt similarly, as did the National Association of Manufacturers, or NAMBLA. No. No. <laughs> they're, they're, no, I, my mistake. My, my apologies to the National Association of manufacturers. Uh, in any event, the uh, the group's president and CEO uh, said that intertwining immigration and trade objections with tariffs creates a, quote, Molotov cocktail of policy. Um, so w- with all of that, oh, ec- ec- economist uh, Matt Slaughter, uh, who was uh, served uh, under uh, George W. Bush's Council of Economic Advisor, he told The Washington Post Quote, starting to levy tariffs on Mexico is like levying tariffs on Texas. So with all of that, all of that tremendous support from his own supporters uh, and uh, news that congressional Republicans are considering holding a vote to block the tariffs, which could also prevent funds, by the way, from going to Trump's border wall. Uh, reports today out of D.C. suggest that this time Republicans may actually have a veto proof majority to overturn any uh, presidential veto here. So how did Donald Trump push back against his new policy that nobody wants? Uh, well, at a press conference on Tuesday in the U.K., Trump uh, showed no signs of backing down. He said, I don't think they will do that, referring to a vote against his Tariffs. If they do it, it's foolish, he said, of the threatened Republican vote. He said, there's nothing more important than borders. I've had tremendous Republican support. Well, he has, but there may be a limit to it. Then again, uh, I will believe that the uh, Republicans will actually vote against this and vote to stop it when I see it. The vast majority of Republicans obviously do not ever break with this president, but many of his usual allies here are now voicing displeasure uh, and uh, his uh, threat of imposing still more new taxes on the American people with these tariffs is something that uh, they don't like. And it has nothing to do with trade. Uh, The reason he's doing it, immigration and trade, it's just it's ridiculous. So the vote that they are considering would actually nullify the national emergency declaration akin to what they did back in March regarding his fake emergency to steal money from the military to build his wall. Trump vetoed that one and Congress was unable to override it this time. The more widespread anger about it may garner enough support to create a veto proof vote. But again, 
I'll believe it when I see it. Speaking about the Democratic debate over impeachment on the same show on Sunday, uh, Louisiana's Republican Senator John Kennedy said, Go hard or go home. You know, if you want to do it, go, go to Amazon online, buy spine and do it. But go hard or go home. So uh, that may be good advice for the Republicans on tariffs as well. Just do it. We'll see if they're able to purchase that Amazon spine. Free shipping, I understand. Uh, as to the Democrats' spine for accountability for this well-documented criminal presidency, some news there today as well as the march toward impeachment continues, surely, if ever so maddeningly slowly, uh, whether some in Democratic uh, leadership are ready to admit it uh, or not, that is, I believe, where we are going. The uh, White House on Tuesday again directed former employees not to cooperate with a lawful congressional investigation, this time instructing former aides Hope Hicks and Annie Donaldson to defy lawful congressional subpoenas and refuse to provide documents to the House Judiciary Committee. How can you not move towards impeachment against this sort of behavior? The uh, letters from the White House to the uh, Judiciary Committee are the latest effort by the White House to thwart all congressional investigations into Donald Trump. According to AP, Trump has said he will fight, quote, all of the subpoenas, unquote, as Democrats have launched multiple probes into his administration and personal financial affairs. And so far, Trump is making good on that promise, at least. He uh, he keeps his promises when it comes to things that violate the law and stuff. He, he'll stay on that. He'll stick with that. Uh, House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler issued subpoenas for documents and testimony from Hope Hicks, who's the former White House communications director, and Annie Donaldson, the copious note taker and former chief of staff to former White House counsel Don McGahn. Uh, those subpoenas were issued last month. Both of, of those women are frequently cited in Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report, along with McGahn himself. The White House has also directed McGahn to refuse to provide documents or testify before the committee, uh, as per, again, lawful subpoenas issued last month. McGahn has defied the subpoenas for both documents and his testimony, and yet Democrats have yet to hold uh, a vote uh, to hold him in contempt, though that could change once Amazon's uh, spine delivery service probably uh, shows up. Maybe that will help. Uh, they, and they're usually much faster. When I order, it's just a day or two, and Amazon, boom, they're there. So they should get started on that. Mueller's investigation concluded that Russia interfered, as you know, in the 2016 election in hopes of getting Trump elected and uh, it also detailed multiple examples of criminal obstruction of justice by the president, uh, many detailed through descriptions from Hicks and uh, Donaldson and, yes, McGahn. Last week, Mueller emphasized that he had not, despite Trump and his supporters' claims to the contrary, not exonerated Trump on the question of whether he obstructed justice. He left that to Congress to decide what to do with those findings. In a letter to Nadler, uh, new White House counsel Pat Cipollone said that Hicks and Donaldson, quote, do not have the legal right to disclose White House documents to the panel. 
Cipollone said requests for the records should instead be directed to the White House, adding that they remain, quote, legally protected from disclosure under longstanding constitutional principles because they implicate significant executive branch confidentiality, interests and executive privilege. Of course, many of these are documents uh, that have already been shared with the special counsel. And thus, they no longer can be claimed to be protected by executive privilege. But apparently Trump believes uh, he can uh, make any claims he wants. And the longer, in any event, the longer that he delays the inevitable, the better it is for him and perhaps his now packed federal courts and stolen Supreme Court uh, we'll go ahead and change centuries of precedents uh, to somehow allow him uh, to avoid any and all constitutionally mandated oversight by the co-equal co legislative branch. And maybe they will. Uh, but in directing witnesses not to comply, uh, the White House has frequently cited executive privilege or the power to keep information from the courts, but uh, Congress uh, to keep it from the courts and uh, from Congress and off of the public record uh, in order to protect the confidentiality of the Oval Office decision making process. But so far, that uh, claim is uh, not standing up very well, according to experts, nor according to Democrats in the House. Nadler said in a statement today that while the White House had instructed the former aides not to turn over materials, Hicks has agreed at least to turn over some documents related to her time on Trump's presidential campaign. Those materials are absolutely not covered by executive privilege. And they have now been, at least some of them, handed over uh, to Nadler and the Judiciary Committee. He thanked Hicks for that, quote, show of good faith. But it was unclear just how much material the committee would receive from her. They are arguing that the documents are not covered by executive privilege if they left the White House months ago, which they did uh, on their way to Special Counsel Mueller. Uh, the uh, president has no lawful basis for preventing these witnesses from complying with our, re our request. Nadler said in a statement today, we will continue to seek Reasonable accommodation on these and all our discovery requests and intend to press these issues uh, when we obtain the testimony of both Hicks and Donaldson. So he says we are going to get their testimony. He has also said we're going to get the testimony of McGahn. Uh, but we will see. The subpoenas also demanded that Hicks appear for a public hearing on June 19. So mark your calendars, June 19, Hope Hicks. And actually, if she does show up, it's going to be huge. I believe she will be because she is an attractive woman. She has been uh, it really along with Trump for years before he ran, during his campaign in the White House. I believe it will be the Fawn Hall moment of this. Uh, oh, wow. That's a flashback. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, old people. Young people, go look it up. Fawn Hall. Anyway, mark your calendars, June 19, uh, because that is when Hope Hicks won't be appearing, I suspect. <laughs> Uh, and Donaldson uh, will similarly not be appearing for her deposition on June 24. But we'll see, because in both of these cases, you know, these people could be sent to jail for defying a congressional subpoena. And I don't know if Hope Hicks actually wants to go to jail. 
she might prefer her new job after leaving the White House over at Fox News. Anyway, uh, the White House has pushed back on the investigations, but Democrats continue to ramp up their calls for Nadler to open an impeachment inquiry, arguing that it would improve congressional standing in the courts as they try to enforce some of these subpoenas. Nonetheless, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been reluctant, as you know, to launch such proceedings Despite a growing number in her caucus who have called for it, Pelosi says impeachment requires more public support and would detract from the legislative agenda. Well, we have a lot of listeners, by the way, in California, uh, up in uh, the Bay Area. You can call if Pelosi thinks there needs to be more public support. You can call her at her office and uh, let her know that you support moving forward with impeachment inquiries. The phone number to reach your member of Congress, no matter where you live across the country, is 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121. Anyway, uh, she has uh, instead favored a a slower, more methodical uh, effort uh, to keep up these committee-by-committee investigations. And as part of uh, that, the full House is expected next week to hold a vote uh, to hold McGahn and Attorney General William Barr, who has refused to turn over the Mueller report in response to a subpoena, uh, to hold both of them, both McGahn and Barr, in contempt of Congress next week. The resolution is scheduled for a June 11 vote that will allow the uh, Judiciary Committee to seek court enforcement of its subpoenas. And uh, that resolution vote of the full House, I'm guessing that may actually happen. So go ahead and at least pencil that one in to your schedule Uh, with with uh, that vote approaching. The uh, DOJ sent a letter to Nadler on Tuesday with a final offer to resume negotiations over access to redacted portions of the Mueller report and some of the underlying documents, but only if the judiciary panel nullifies its vote in May to recommend contempt, as they did, to recommend contempt for Barr and cancels the uh, June 11 vote in the full House on contempt. So uh, we will see some high-stakes chicken, game of chicken going on there. Nadler has also said that his panel will launch a series of hearings on the alleged crimes and other misconduct. They will have uh, at the first one will kick off on June 10 with uh, John Dean, the uh, one time Nixon White House counsel who helped bring down Richard Nixon's presidency. You can look that one up as well. Young people, uh, when you're looking up Fawn Hall. But Democrats have suggested they will compel Mueller's appearance Robert Mueller's appearance, if necessary. It's unclear when or if that's going to happen. Negotiations continue there. No rush. Take your time. House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff said Tuesday that his panel will also hold hearings on the Mueller report, focusing on the Russian interference section, while the Judiciary uh, Committee looks at the obstruction section. The House Oversight Committee, for their part, Uh, will vote to recommend holding Attorney General Bill Barr once again uh, in uh, contempt for defying subpoenas, along with Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross. In that uh, committee's census uh, citizenship question investigation, 
Jeez. Uh, Chair uh, Elijah Cummings sent Barr and Ross letters on Monday informing them that the committee was scheduling that contempt vote. The letters will give those two officials one last chance by June 6th. That's uh, near the end of this week to produce the documents that the committee has demanded and that they are withholding. Uh, Do you think they will turn them over? Breath held, spine still on back order, perhaps. All right. Uh, 2020 elections. Those are straight ahead with middle ground Joe Biden, as uh, some are calling him, putting out a pretty aggressive climate policy today. today, uh, That and much more. And yes, the Green News Report all ahead on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener-supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. It's getting better all the time. I used to get... (laughs) Irony, eh? <laughs> Lots uh, of it these days. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. Uh, Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden is pitching a $5 trillion plus dollar climate proposal that he says would lead the U.S. to net zero emission of carbon pollution by 2050. Well, how about that, Desi Doyen? It's a pretty good goal. The uh, former president, former vice president calls for $1.7 trillion in federal spending over 10 years with the rest of the investments coming from the private sector. Now, of course, $1.7 trillion does sound like a lot of taxpayer money, but A... Frankly, that's a drop in the bucket compared to what most experts say is necessary to fight our climate crisis. And B, uh, Biden proposes covering the uh, taxpayer costs by repealing the corporate tax cuts that Donald Trump signed in 2017, which, as you will recall, also cost $1.5 trillion over 10 years. But Republicans did not complain about that at all. And uh, for the rest of the money uh, above that, Biden says he will eliminate existing subsidies to the fossil fuel companies. Yes, you know, the socialism that Republicans have been granting and fossil fuel companies have been enjoying for decades now. Oh, for 100 years now. It's been over a century. And these tax cuts that these tax breaks that the oil industry gets, both in direct and indirect, uh, amount to about four billion dollars a year, every single year. And maybe someday the fossil fuel industry will be strong enough to stand on its own. Yes, if they can only if we stop telling uh, helping that uh, boutique energy source. Biden's plan uh, is a mix of tax incentives, federal spending, new regulations, more aggressive foreign policy on climate issues. And it comes as he pushes back on Democratic presidential candidate rivals assertions that his environmental agenda is not bold enough. Climate activists largely praised his pitch on Tuesday, though some said the Democrats 2020 apparent front uh, front runner still has not gone far enough to challenge the fossil fuel industry. His proposal calls the Green New Deal, uh, pushed by some Democrats on Capitol Hill, quote, a crucial outline 
though it stops short of some of the timelines in the Green New Deal, according to AP. That's a little unclear to me since the timelines are not very clear in the Green New Deal itself. Right. Now, the Green New Deal itself has a general framework. It says we have to be on the path to mobilization by 2030 to get to half of our emissions cut by 2030, and then we all need to get to net zero emissions by 2050. Biden does have the net zero by 2050, as do almost all of the other Democrats that are running. Biden promises a clean energy revolution nationwide and internationally. Here is Biden's full announcement video released today with his 22-page climate plan. Nothing gives me more hope for the future than seeing my five grandchildren challenge expectations. They see breakthroughs in technology we can't even yet imagine. But the only way they're going to get a chance to fill all that potential that we take drastic action right now to address the climate disaster facing the nation and our world. More severe storms and droughts, rising sea levels, warming temperatures, shrinking snow cover and ice sheets. It's already happening. And science tells us that how we act or fail to act in the next 12 years will determine the very livability of our planet. Yet today, President Trump denies the evidence in front of his own eyes, hides climate science produced by his own administration, and actively works to roll back what progress we've already made. It's reckless, it's irresponsible, and it is unacceptable. So today, I'm announcing my plan for clean energy revolution. It outlines what we have to do to meet this challenge head on and how we're going to get there. We're going to invest $1.7 trillion in securing our future so that by 2050, the United States will be 100% clean energy economy with net zero emissions. By the end of my first term, we will have an enforcement mechanism in place to make sure we stay on track to get there. Now we're going to make record-breaking investments in research and development in zero carbon technologies so that America is the engine of the world's clean energy economy exporting cutting-edge equipment stamped Made in the USA to help other nations reduce emissions and mitigate and adapt. This initiative will create more than 10 million new good-paying jobs all across the clean economy in the United States of America. It's an enormous opportunity. We'll hold polluters accountable for the damage they've caused, particularly in low-income communities and communities of color. Not only due to climate change, but the pollution they are pumping into the air that is breathed and the water that is drunk in those communities. You know, we're not going to forget the workers either. The workers who, through dangerous and backbreaking labor, powered our industrial rise, mined and built our arsenal of democracy, and fueled America's prosperity through the 20th century. They've earned our thanks, our respect, and our support. Finally, we have to bring the world along with us. Global action requires American leadership. But the United States only accounts for 15% of global carbon emissions. The rest of the world has to step up as well. So on day one, I will immediately rejoin the Paris Climate Accord. But that's not sufficient. We need to dramatically accelerate our worldwide effort to meet the intensity of the challenge we face. So I'll immediately get to work leading a diplomatic initiative to get every nation to go beyond their initial commitment, to push our progress further and faster this is especially true for China, by far the world's largest emitter of carbon. We will not only hold their leaders accountable for reducing carbon output at home in their country, but make sure they stop financing billions of dollars of dirty fossil fuel projects all across Asia. 
And this will allow us to keep creating good paying jobs right here at home, even as we raise our own standards. America once again will be able to stand proudly on the world stage and challenge every other nation to follow our example and our leadership. For more than three decades, I've led in this issue. I wrote one of the first climate change bills ever introduced in the United States Senate. As vice president, I oversaw the single largest investment in clean energy in our nation's history, over $90 billion. I fought along with President Obama to double the efficiency of our cars, which would reduce our oil consumption by 12 billion barrels and for a clean power plant that limited carbon emissions from both existing and new power plants. As president, I will lead America and the world, not only to confront the crisis in front of us, but to seize the opportunities it presents. I'll use every authority available to me to drive progress, and I will not accept half measures, because making these revolutionary changes is going to take an incredible commitment at all levels, but I am absolutely confident that's what the American people want to do. And we can meet this challenge because this is what America does best. Solve big problems with big ideas. That's who we are. That's who we've been. We're the United States of America. And there's not a single thing we cannot do. And the world badly needs us to do it. I wish he had said, we're the United States of America, damn it. <laughs> That was uh, Joe Biden announcing his 22-page uh, uh, climate plan today in a video. He also joined many of his uh, Democratic primary opponents in pledging not to accept campaign contributions from the fossil fuel industry and uh, pledged that he would keep the U.S., of course, in the U.N. climate agreement that was signed in 2015 while he was vice president under Barack Obama. Um, Trump, who believes climate science is a hoax, has uh, pledged to withdraw from that accord. But in truth, he can't actually officially do it until into when? Right. He has to announce his intention to do so in November 2019. And then the actual official day would come the day after the 2020 presidential election. And the next president can get right back in. So just another good reason to make sure that uh, that man does not win a second term. Uh, his plan is similar in size and scope to what uh, former Texas Congressman Beto O'Rourke has also proposed, but it falls short of what uh, Washington Governor Jay Inslee's pitch has been for a $3 trillion federal spending uh, plan over a decade. And uh, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren's $2 trillion green manufacturing plan, which was also unveiled on Tuesday. Yeah, she's got a very broad plan that's uh, also really good to look at. Uh, I think all of these Democratic candidates have put forth some really ambitious and impressive policy ideas, you know, and it really gives you a sense of the uh, of the comprehensive nature of the problem and the need for an economy wide uh, approach to solving and, climate change and the importance and effectiveness of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Green New Deal because they are yes. all modeling uh, their plans on what was called for in that uh, framework resolution. Warren's plan, by the way, would uh, pay for her uh, three-part uh, green research, manufacturing, and exporting program with proceeds also uh, from rolling back some of the 2017 tax law and proceeds from a proposed new tax on corporate profits as well as ending tax subsidies for fossil fuel companies. Uh, and a lot of the folks who have been critical of uh, Biden are uh, coming on board, uh, at least uh, supporting 
this announcement today. The League of Conservation Voters said it was uh, an ambitious goal, Greenpeace, which had previously ranked Biden second to last among Democratic candidates, called the outline a critical step forward. The uh, Green New Deal supporting Sunrise Movement said that this was a good start and uh, noted that, yes, it was pressure from the left uh, on Biden. That seems to have moved him here. Yes, it seems like it's made a big difference. And that makes a big difference that people need to understand. You cannot move Donald Trump anywhere. Uh, But any of these Democrats, any of the 24 of them or so who are running, including supposed frontrunner Joe Biden, if he wins, yes, he can be moved, he can be pushed, he can be pressured to do the right thing, as he has already begun to do after uh, one of his... Uh, uh, spokespeople had said that he was searching for middle ground that Republicans would support on a climate. Uh, he took a lot of pushback from that. And, uh, well, we are seeing the results of that pushback. So keep up the good work, folks. Quick break. And we are back with the Green News Report right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your Bradcast. <laughs> Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. By the way, like Beto O'Rourke's climate plan, uh, Joe Biden's plan mentions nuclear energy as a source that the federal government should boost with tax incentives, Desi Doyen. Yes, I know. That uh, puts him at odds with a lot of folks on the left who uh, say that it is too dangerous, although there are a lot of other folks on the left who say we have no choice but that's to That's right, use and that's nukes. a really deep discussion we should definitely have. We will drop that nuclear bomb on another day. <laughs> Until then, let's get to our latest Green News report. Communities affected by storms in 2018 and 2019 have been waiting for these critical resources for months now. Long-awaited disaster relief package finally passes despite Republican block. No end in sight for Midwest flooding. Trump administration rolls out new tactic to suppress climate science. Plus, we're excited to unveil our roadmap to 100% renewable energy by 2040. Colorado goes big on renewable energy. All of that going big and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. U.S. Energy Department officials have called the country's natural gas exports molecules of freedom, which they also called, quote, freedom gas. And y'all thought I was making that up last week when I told you about it. See? This is your... Green News Report. I'm gonna soak up the sun. 
Okay, Desi Doyen, see, that was real. The Department of Energy is actually calling liquefied natural gas freedom gas now. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. That was from a press release touting the expansion of a liquefied natural gas export facility in Texas. A high-ranking Department of Energy official referred to the exports as, quote, molecules of U.S. freedom, that is a quote, saying, quote, increasing export capacity is critical to spreading freedom gas throughout the world. That's a real thing. I am not kidding. I am left speechless at this point. And of course, just so you know, leaks of natural gas from drilling are responsible for about a third of all U.S. emissions of methane, a very potent greenhouse gas. You mean a potent freedom gas? In other news, there really seems to be no end in sight to the historic flooding saturating large swaths of the Midwest and Southeast. The National Weather Service warns that every large community along the Arkansas River will see major or record flooding throughout next week. Every county in Oklahoma right now is currently in a state of emergency. NASA announced last week that the continental United States had its 12 wettest months on record since record-keeping began 124 years ago, noting that it, quote, fits in with long-term increases in overall precipitation and heavy rainfall events in our changing climate. Well, that's what you get from all that freedom. Americans suffering from last year's disasters will finally get much-needed relief and assistance, the U.S. House finally approved a $19 billion disaster relief package on Monday. The bill had already passed the Senate with approval from the White House, but it was held up over the Memorial Day recess by three Republicans, including Texas Republican Chip Roy, because the emergency relief, he said, wasn't offset by enough cuts elsewhere. I'm still troubled we're poised to spend $19 billion that is not paid for when we're racking up approximately $100 million an hour in national debt. So Chip Roy, I think, came in after, I think, the massive GOP tax cut, correct? Yes. If he's so concerned about deficits, has he introduced a bill calling to restore those tax cuts? He has not. Huh. That's weird. And yet he's willing to tell millions of Americans suffering from disasters to go take a flying leap. Very nice. The Trump administration is trying out a new tactic to mislead the public about climate change. The New York Times reports that the Trump-appointed head of the U.S. Geological Survey has ordered staff to shorten their projections of the future effects of climate change so that they all end in the year 2040, rather than looking forward to 2100 like nearly all other previous scientific assessments. That's called freedom scheduling. The most severe consequences of global warming are expected to kick in after 2040, so shortening the time frame would keep the public in the dark about worst-case scenarios of business as usual with climate change. Why do you hate freedom? But there is some good news. Okay. The UK has gone more than two weeks straight without using coal for electricity. That's the longest stretch since Britain started using electricity in 1882. Finally, Colorado is the latest state to set an ambitious target of 100% zero emissions electricity by 2040. It's part of a suite of bills signed by new Democratic Governor Jared Polis. In a signing ceremony, Polis said his roadmap would cut the state's carbon emissions by accelerating renewable energy projects, strengthening energy efficiency and water efficiency, updating local building codes, and building out an electric vehicle charging network. That would be paid for in part by Colorado's share of a settlement paid by automaker Volkswagen for cheating on emissions tests. Polis said the new suite of bills will have broad benefits for all Coloradans. It means cleaner air. It means good, green jobs. 
that will never be outsourced and aren't dependent on commodity pricing. Nice. Uh, it means lower rates for ratepayers. Uh, new wind energy projects cost about 20 to 30 percent less than existing coal. A world without poisonous fossil fuels to create electricity. Now that would be real freedom. For much more on all of these reports and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play. Find us, follow us, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Your first name is free. Freedom from pollution, freedom from fossil fuels, freedom for communities that have been shackled to fossil fuels for all these decades. It's a lot of freedom we're talking about. First name is free, last name is dumb. <laughs> That's a little too close to my name, so I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that whole song. Anyway, thank you very much, Desi Doyen. Yep. Excellent job as ever, and thanks to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. We hope it was freeing in some fashion or another. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for, yes, free at bradblog.com. That, of course, is thanks to those of you who support our work by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate and signing up of a, for a monthly subscription of any amount you like. Uh, it's all needed. It is all appreciated. It is up to you if you wish to support us. Our work will still be free. Uh, because of those who do support us, uh, but we sure do need your help. Bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email as well if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com on the Facebooks and the Twitters. You will find me simply as the Brad blog. Please find us, follow us, and share us over there as well. Anything else, Desiree? No, that's it. That is it. Thank you very much, Desi Doyen. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Man's red flower. It's an every living thing. Mind use your power. Spirit use your wings. Freedom. 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 Freedom.